I said, the Lord is good. Praise God. I want to speak to us about being strong in grace. Being strong in grace. When we're strong in grace, things happen in our lives. Paul tells Timothy to be strong in what? Be strong in grace. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses... Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I praise you and I glorify you, Lord Jesus, that we are saved through grace by faith. That it's a gift from you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can become strong in grace and understand why we need to be strong in your grace, Lord, because of the challenges of life. Because when we know that we have your grace, boy, oh boy, the challenges become a lot easier than when we walk around thinking that, oh, we got to do it in our own strength. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your anointing that's here today. Fill us with your spirit, I pray. Lord, strengthen the grace that you have saved us with in our lives. Strengthen our faith to trust and believe in you that we can do all things. We praise you in Jesus' precious name. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, I was kind of saddened the other day that... Um, Aaron Rodgers came out and said he was an atheist. That's his faith, that he's an atheist. And I thought, my word, and, and the reason for it is he couldn't understand why only 144,000 people are going to make it to heaven. Well, somebody told him a lie. And then he said, how could a loving God send so many people to hell and that's why he was an atheist how can i believe in a loving god who would send all those people to hell well he doesn't understand god's grace here's the problem nobody told aaron that god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son because whatever because he believes only 144,000 are getting to heaven it means he's been taught the wrong gospel and he hasn't been taught that Jesus is God and he is God's son. 
And that God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son here to earth. And Jesus came because of that love and he loved us so much that he went to the cross and he died on that cross so that we could be saved. And the Bible testifies that God doesn't want anyone to perish, that God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He wants everybody to get saved, but we must choose Jesus. We must choose to be saved. We must choose to ask Jesus into our heart. Because I'll tell you what, we never, when we all, when the earth is recreated and the new Jerusalem come down, we don't want anybody to foolishly act like Adam and Eve or act as rebellious as Satan and bring sin back into the world because when Jesus comes again and he recreates this world after we have the great white throne judgment, their sin and the grave and death will be no more. And we never want that to happen again. And so we don't want people to go to hell. And if God doesn't want them to go to hell, we shouldn't want them to go to hell. And so what should we do? We need to tell people about Jesus and the grace that he has so that they can be saved. <coughs> now I want to talk the rest of this moment. And, and so I'm praying that somebody, there's a lot of believers in the NFL, and I'm praying that somebody could get a hold of Aaron and his girlfriend and tell them how wonderful Jesus is. I, I know he likes Carson Wentz, and Carson's a great believer. My, my attorney and my friend who's an attorney got to know Carson because he used to go to his house all the time in Fargo and got to know him. And he, my, attorney and, incur, my, my attorney friend encouraged Carson never let his faith take a back seat. Can you imagine a lawyer who's saved? <laughs> Is there such a thing? <laughs> no, God, Jesus came and died for all people. It's like, it's like saying, oh, how can an IRS agent be saved? But I'll tell you what, there's a book of the Bible written by one. His name is Matthew. He was a tax collector, and he got saved. And Jesus pulled him out of the crowd and said, follow me, I'll make you a fisherman. He says to us, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We're not talking about cheap grace here, which isn't really grace at all, but an excuse to sin and be disobedient. Shall we continue to sin, Paul asked, that grace may abound? And Paul answers, God forbid. We got, we got people who are preaching in the pulpit today and they've made grace so cheap that you can do whatever you want even if it's against the word of God because God has to forgive you. Oh, pastor, that can't be true. Well, it happened in our own church. We had a couple that were going to get divorced. And he, I asked him, I said, do you have any biblical grounds to get, and she didn't want to get divorced. And I asked him, I said, do you have any biblical grounds 
for divorce. There are some biblical grounds for divorce. And he looked at me, he said, I have no biblical grounds to be divorced. But you know what he said to follow up? He says, but even if I get divorced, God has to forgive me anyway. Ooh, that's cheap grace. When we knowingly do something because God's got to forgive me anyway, that's cheapening what Jesus did for us on the cross. And that's what I mean by cheap grace. Grace is only found in Christ Jesus, in his message, or in, in the gospel, his message of the cross. Jesus paid too dear of a price for our salvation to cheapen his grace. Can I get an amen? amen. Let us live thankful that we are saved by grace through faith. And you know what? This is found throughout Paul's writing. It's even found back in the Old Testament that, my word, we are saved by grace through faith. Not of works. Otherwise we could go around boasting that we saved ourselves. We didn't do it. Jesus paid the debt that we could not pay. He's the one who went to the cross. He's the one that was nailed there. He's the one who shed his blood. He's the one who died for you and I so that we could be saved. And three days later he rose from the dead. He is not dead. He is alive. How do I know he's alive? He lives within my heart. How do I know he's alive? Because the Bible says wherever two or three are gathered in his name he is there in their midst he is with us right here right now and the Holy Spirit wants to move upon your life can you say amen, amen. give the Lord a praise <laughs> hallelujah you can change the slide now <laughs> we have the witness of many witnesses the Bible says the word of God itself. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And these things that you have heard from me among many witnesses commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. When Paul penned 2 Timothy, there was many eyewitnesses to the fact that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. Many witnesses. But there are many witnesses today that can tell you that this is true. That what I'm preaching this morning, because Jesus has saved them. Jesus has done a work in their lives. Jesus has made them overcome. Jesus has taken away their addiction to drugs and alcohol. Jesus has put marriages back together. Jesus has fixed children that were all a mess. Jesus has helped people with their finances. They can tell you, they can witness to you that this Jesus whom I'm preaching about is real and he wants to touch your life and he does it by his grace. Grace is something you did not deserve. It's God's unmeritable favor. You could not earn it, but Jesus purchased it for you. Can you say amen? amen. That we should be strong and Grace, strong 
in the word of God and live accordingly to it is what God is telling us. Be strong in grace. Be strong in this word. We are going to go through, we're going through the book of Titus on Thursday night. It's not going to take us long. Um, we're not going to rush it, but it's not going to take us long. It's not that long of a book. But I'll tell you what, we're going through, we're preaching through Titus on Thursday night. But I'll tell you what, God is moving on Thursday nights. Oh my word, we get here, we worship, we sing. We don't sing a lot of songs, but boy, we, we put a lot into the songs as we sing them. We pray. We've been seeing God move in people's lives because he's answering our prayers because we pray. And then we get into the Word, and uh, boy, and you know what? We get it all fitted in within an hour. But we want to be built up in our holy faith. We want to be made strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to have faith that can move mountains. And we should commit these things, the Bible says here, to faithful men and women. Oh, there's something about being faithful. Being faithful to your marriage. Being faithful to the Word of God. Be faithful in your giving. Be faithful to how you treat others. Come on. This is how I know grace is not cheap by how it was paid for. Because Jesus had to be nailed to a cross. Why do you keep on stressing that? Because people don't stress it anymore in the church today. If people would stress what Jesus has done for them on the cross, if people would stress what this word of God said about how Jesus paid our debt that we could not pay, if people, if preachers would stress my word, Jesus' sacrifice, and his resurrection, they would not be taking their churches so liberal today. They would be living this word, and you wouldn't see the young people in the churches falling away left and right because we're standing on the word. Why are they, why are they falling away? Because they look at the church, and they say the church is no different from the world. And we need to be different. Oh my word, isn't the world a mess? Aren't you glad you don't live in Washington, D.C.? Oh, my word. I don't think the people who live in Washington, D.C. really want to live in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Paul says here in verse 2 that we should commit these things to be taught. We should be committed to the message of the cross. I put it out on the sign. We preach the message. The message of the cross is preached here. I wanted to declare to this town. There's people in this town who know about the message of the cross. And we, we, right now, we got a couple of churches in our community that um, are making a big decision right now. And they need to know that there's a church here that if their church decides to, to make a decision to go away from the word of God, they have a church that they can come to where they'll hear the truth of the gospel preached. We should be committed to the message of the cross. For as Paul said, I know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
It is there we find our salvation. It is there we find our sanctification. It is there we find our answers. It is there we find how to be living an abundant life in Christ. My word, my word, can you imagine if we would just go ahead and, and, and let Jesus be real in our lives and live according to the word of God? Can you imagine what could happen in your life? Oh my word, can you imagine how real Jesus would become? My, some of you, I know some of you are going through some trials right now, but I'll tell you what, with Jesus on your side, you can overcome them. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, hallelujah. I'm trying to stay over here because I got seven points we got to get through on um, why, because there's reasons why we need to be strong in grace. And we find it right here in the scriptures, and I want to get through those. I'm not going to go in depth into them today. I'm just going to tell you why we need to be strong in grace. Okay, are you ready? Number one, can, can we get there? Cool. She's, she's right along with me. She's not feeling too good, but she's overcoming. She wants to be strong in grace, so she's overcoming. She might, her be running. Her, her voice might not be there. She might be trying to keep the coffin from coughing, but boy, oh boy, she's right there with me. Praise God. Thank you. I need help preaching this morning. Come on. You know, I'll preach faster if you're noisier. If you start saying amen and, and, and get praising the Lord while I'm preaching, I'll tell you what, I'll go faster. Somebody said, church is boring. Well, if you just sit there like a lump of the log and you don't participate in the preaching of God's word, well, whose fault is that? Get excited. Come on. There's a reason why that you need to be strong in faith. I mean, grace. Number one, we are going to endure hardships along the way. Come on. What does is, what is verse 3 say? You, therefore, must endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, he just got to be strong in grace. Why? <clears throat> because you're going to have hardships along the way. I remember somebody here, she was living on her own, had her dog, doing, she felt she was doing great, and all of a sudden they, they, they said, you've got to move. I don't want to move, and you can't take your dog with me, with you. What? That, that's my puppy dog. That's my child. I don't want to give up my puppy dog. Nope, you've got to move. We're going to make you move, and you have no choice in it. And aren't you glad you had the grace and the Lord Jesus Christ in your life to get you through that hardship? And now, that person where they've been moved is the greatest missionary in that complex. I mean, it's smiling all the time because of the grace of Jesus that's in her. Think about that. Think about that because we're going to face hardships along the way. And he says, as a good soldier. As a good soldier. Wow. And he's talking to men and women here as a good soldier. Number two. Number two says... We, we need to have strong grace because we need to know how not to get entangled with the affairs of this world. Mm. Ver, verse, something I wish President Trump would learn. So you wouldn't get entangled with some of those wonderful people in Washington. Number, and I wish some of those people he gets entangled with would learn this lesson so they don't get entangled with the things that drive them batty about him. Come on, come on. Huh? Where's, where's the forgiveness that we used to be known as for Americans? Americans used to be so forgiving. And we used to always say, oh, we're going to treat each other as we want to be treated. Oh, that's the golden rule. I'm not sure. Is that being still taught in school? 
Verse 4. No one entangled in warfare, engaged, I'm sorry, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. When's the last time we've heard that in youth group? Come on. Why do we get so ourselves so entangled with the things of the world? But, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to put out my selfie. I was watching an, a senator being interviewed, and they weren't down in Statuary Hall. They were up on the balcony over Statuary Hall. And, and that's Capitol Rotunda. And, and uh, he's being interviewed because it was a little quieter up there than when they normally go in Statuary Hall, and they usually stand by some statue some founding father, okay? And it's always noisy there because of all the tour groups going through. Because nobody quiets down because somebody's on TV. So he's up there. And this woman was behind him, but over on the other side. And she became distracting. And she was not a, she was no millennial. She was like in her late 40s. And she kept on fixing her hair like this and getting her phone like this and she kept on leaning back and taking selfies of herself. And I thought, if you keep leaning back because she's right against the big railing, the, the big marble railing there, if you lean back any further, you're going to topple on over. We get so entangled in the world, we don't... You know how many people die taking selfies at the Grand Canyon because they got to get that really awesome shot and next thing they the, the when they check their phone they got that awesome shot they look like wily e. coyote falling down <laughs> to the <laughs> yeah. why do we get entangled no i oh did you see what i just did i just found a pikachu oh i'm sorry that i said it wrong it's peepichu <laughs> See, why do we get entangled with the things of the world? It distracts us. I mean, years ago, I would have used the example of soap operas. But who watches soap operas anymore? <laughs> things of the world are so... We're so busy today. And I think it's terrible that we have, we have uh, club sports on Sunday mornings so families can't go to church together. That's entangling ourselves. You know, if every Christian parent would say no, there would hardly be a kid in club sports. And guess what? They would move it to Sunday afternoon because those clubs are making money off of those parents having those kids in those sports. Nobody thinks about that. Number three, the reason why we want to be strong in grace 
is number three. We want to finish the race strong. Verse five. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. By word, have you ever had to, oh, uh, I, you can tell I'm not a runner. Even as a kid, I love football. The thing I loved about football, you had a burst of speed, and then you could rest. A burst of speed, and then you could rest. That's the great thing about football. You're not constantly running. Run, and then you rest. You run. Why do you think the, in the old days the quarterback used to get down on one knee? It's so he could rest there for a while and get back up and do the next play. And if you're a good quarterback, you, don't, you get rid of the ball so quick, within four seconds, you don't have to worry about doing too much running unless you're Mahomes, right? Who loves to run around. He, there was actually an article written that he was begging that he could use his behind-the-back throw. <laughs> Mahomes, the quarterback for the Chiefs. <laughs> that boy, Al can tell you, he's seen the highlights. He's looking this way and he's throwing that way and right into the guy's hands. Uh, he's, just, he's, just something, he's just remarkable. And he's another guy who loves the Lord. But we want to finish the race strong. Why run the race? The race that Paul's talking about, the athletic race that we are in, is our Christian walk with Jesus. Why run the race that right before the finish line you just kind of limp across? Why not finish strong? My brother-in-law, if he was here, he used to be a track star in high school. He could tell you that his coach would tell him if the biggest thing, it's not how you, you start well, because if you start off the line well, you're going to do well. But the thing that you have to do is you've got to finish strong. Even if you have no legs left, even if you are out of breath, even if you've got a stitch in your side, even if your heart is pumping out of your chest, you need to finish strong. And if you'll finish strong, you'll probably win. Now, if you look at my brother-in-law, you say, he ran. I think, I think he still could catch most of us in a 40-yard dash. <laughs> He's still strong. Number fourth, the fourth thing, why we need to be strong in grace, we want to reap a harvest. We want to reap a harvest. Verse 6. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Don't we want to reap a harvest here in Wapiton and Breckenridge? The harvest that we have is not corn or soybean or sugar beets or wheat. The harvest that we have before us is men and women, boys and girls. And if you want to really compare them to something, they're, they're probably, the plant that comes close is cotton. Because the Bible says the fields 
are white unto harvest. And actually, the real reason behind that verse is that Jesus said to the disciples, look, the fields are white unto harvest. And as the people were coming to Jesus from Samaria, it was that time of the summer where they all wore white robes. And the woman of the well went back and said, I met a man who told me everything about my life. He's the Messiah. And after they met Jesus, they said to her, we don't believe, now. We don't believe you now because of your testimony. We believe you because we have met him. Come on. Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And it's the old children's song used to say back in the day, I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. Before I go on to number five, I'm going to restress the reason why we need to, somebody needs this. The reason why we need strong grace, be strong in grace, is that some of us are going to endure hardships. Knowing that Jesus is on your side, that you have the grace of God in your life will help you get through that hardship no matter what. Come on. Come on. Number five. We want to be strong in grace because we want to have understanding. Now, this take, uh, to explain this one, we've got to read verses 7, 8, 9. <clears throat> Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Verse 8, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel. What's the gospel? The message of the cross. But he was raised from the dead. He didn't stay dead. For which I suffer trouble, Paul says. I'm suffering trouble because of this gospel that I preach. <clears throat> but because I'm strong in grace, I'm going to get through Besides, Paul kind of said to Timothy elsewhere, what's the worst they can do to me? Kill me? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Anyway, verse 9, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. He's not suffering troubles because he was a real evildoer. He was comparing himself to the evildoers who are in prison with him. I'm in prison like I'm an evildoer for preaching about Jesus. That's what he's saying there. Come on. Why do I do this? That they also may obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Wow. Wow. We want to be strong in grace so others may obtain salvation. Paul's saying, I'm enduring all this hardship. I'm enduring prison like I'm an evildoer. I'm doing all this so that you can be saved. It's worth it to me so that you can be saved. What is worth it to us that others 
can be saved. How, how much do we see other salvation as so important that we would be even accused of being an evildoer and we won't care about it because somebody is getting saved? It's almost like being a Trump supporter on Facebook. <laughs> Come on. We got to laugh about it. It's so silly and ridiculous what's happening in our country right now. Do we really think about it? It's, even though it's very serious, it's very humorous at the same time. I mean, come on. This is, this is ridiculous. We got people who are addicted to opiates and we're... we're, we're, we're oh. You know? We got, suicide rates are so high today. And we're worried about stuff in Washington, what they're doing. And the church sits back so comfortably, and yet we have the answer for the opiate crisis. We have the answer to suicide. We have the hope that is found in Jesus Christ, and we are to give that hope away so that they may be saved. Finally, number seven. I love this. Finally, number seven. This is still a faithful saying. 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, I love this, I love this. If we are faithless, he doesn't say he'll be faithless. <laughs> I love this. This is why we need to be strong in grace. Because this answers grace. If we are faithless, he, Jesus, remains faithless. Fall. It's no matter what you're going through right now. He is going to remain faithful and he will stand with you because he's in you. <clears throat> and when you don't feel like you're so faithful right now, you feel like life has got you down. Remember, he remains faithful. Can you say amen? amen. Why is that? The the end of verse 13 tells us because he cannot deny himself. Can you give him praise? Come on. The Lord cannot deny himself. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord Jesus, you can't deny yourself. You, you remain faithful to me. I don't feel very faithful right now. I feel weak. I feel burdened. I feel like, I, I feel like I'm enduring problems and troubles. Lord, I, I'm just, I don't feel like a very strong soldier right now. But Lord, you're faithful. 
and you can't deny yourself, and you're going to get me through because of your grace. Uh-oh, I just was teaching you how to pray the word again. You can take this whole passage that we've gone through and pray it over your own life and say, and pray and talk to the Lord about this passage for your own life and say, Lord, I don't feel very strong right now, but you're faithful. And you can't deny yourself and you're going to get me through. Hallelujah. Paul gives us the reason why we depend on God's grace. Let's face it. It's because we mess up all the time. But we are still loved. That's what grace does for us. We mess up all the time and we are still loved. Oh my word, the man can come into your house and take away everything that you cherish. But God still loves you and by his grace, he will perform what you need at that moment. And let me tell you something, he will restore, the Bible says, what the canker worm has eaten. So if somebody, if you've lost everything, God says, I will restore it because I love you. The only thing he won't restore is the sin in your life. Because you know what? When he has forgiven you, he puts all your sin in his sea of his forgetfulness. He does, he's not like an elephant. He doesn't remember it. He doesn't call you out by it. The devil calls you by your sin, but Jesus calls you by your name. And the Father sees you as a child he loves. Remember the Lord is always faithful. You know, it's a good thing. I want to conclude with, conclude with uh, verse 14. It's a good thing to be reminded of these things. It really is. It's a good thing. The grace of God that passes all understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. But I want to conclude with verse 14. Paul says to Timothy, Remind them of these things. And he's talking to us today. Remind, I, I want to remind you of these things, Paul is telling them, charging them before the Lord. Not to strive about words to no profit. Mm. I don't want to waste time with words that are no profit. And you look and we go, what in the world did that person just say? I don't want that. And here's my rule for now on. The singers will sing and the preachers will preach and not vice versa. My mentor taught me that a long time ago and I got away from that. Brother Reynolds would never allow his worship leaders to get up there and start preaching unless they were called to preach for that morning. But while they were leading singing, they just led singing. Their job was not there to be preaching. Their job was to lead people into the adoration and love of God. As it should be. Because if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing while we're singing and praising and worshiping the Lord, We'll be ready to hear the word of God, the word of truth in our lives. And that way, 
The words won't be of no profit. And by the way, if we're preaching the actual word of God, it, the word of God does not return void. And listen why we don't want to be striving about words to no profit. My word, there's so many things that are said today that have no profit, aren't there? Because, what does the end of the verse say? To the ruin of the hearers. Oh my word, we don't want that. We want to be built up in our holy faith. Amen? We want to be built up in our holy faith. So I'm going to be reminding you of these things. I'm going to be reminding you about the grace of God that you have. I'm going to remind you about what Jesus has done for you on the cross. I'm going to remind you so that you start getting excited again. I'm going to start reminding you of things so you start shouting again. I'm going to remind you of things that you can't, oh, you're so happy when you leave church, not because church is over with, because you're so happy because you've been so built up, and then people are going to look at you and say, why in the world do you have that smile on your face? What do you mean? Well, you got this smile on your face. It's because I serve Jesus Christ. And by the way, I, Al, I, ha, I finally got the answer for the doctor. Al and I have, because of our age, we have to go in for a physical. And we get asked the question, do you exercise? Right? It's one of the questions they ask us. Exercise. I know Al is perfect. He runs five miles every day. Right. No. <laughs> he doesn't even like going out and shoveling the snow. He's like me. But it has to get done. Al, I finally got the answer. You know the answer for them? It's this one. I've been walking with Jesus <laughs> for 50 years. <laughs> if that's not exercise, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Come on. I mean, when they ask you, do you exercise? You always feel like, oh, you feel like this. No, we finally have our answer. I've been walking with the Lord. He walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Oh, praise the Lord. For those who don't know, I put the microphone on a stand today because the wireless mic's not working right now. And, and uh, if you didn't hear some things, it's because I forgot to take the mic with me. <laughs> and so hopefully you got picked up because it's a, it's a mic that picks up all around. So um, praise the Lord. I feel like I've gone back in time having a stationary mic, but um, praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that we can be strong in your grace. And Lord, we can walk in you. And because we are strong in your grace, even when we're at our lowest point, we'll be able to, be sh able to share what, with others what keeps us going. It's because of you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you died on the cross for us so we could be saved. And we thank you, Lord, that you didn't stay dead in the tomb. But, Lord, in three days you rose. And, Lord, you are sitting at right, the right hand of God, the Father, praying for us, for our good. And, Lord, because we've gotten saved, you are also in our hearts. 
And Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us and touch our lives. We praise you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise